receiving the word of God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today for the opportunity to be here, to have your word before our eyes and in our hands, and hopefully have also believed that you're sanctified now by what you do instead of simple faith in what Christ did at Calvary. And they will come along and they will try to put works on the table before you. And listen, there are many works for us as saints of God to walk in, but none of them can save, none of them can deliver, none of them can mature you. Only faith can do what God intends to be done for you in your life. And that's not just faith in whatever, that's faith in the death of Jesus. That's the you just can't turn the TV on or go visit some church where they're not preaching law and they don't even know they're doing it. They'll read the scriptures that tell us ignorance just means there's something I don't know. And most preachers are in that place today. But I got good news. We're in a reformation right now. The truth is coming forth in such a powerful and profound way that, that God is making this path that the just are on very bright. Not just for us, but other people who refuse to get on it are going to have to start fighting harder against it. So the persecution will be greater in the days ahead. Not just, not just because of somebody's trying to do right, but because when the path of the just begins to shine more and more, it's going to take a greater resistance by the religious group of people to, to fight against it. You need to know that. The more God gives you, the more people are not going to want it. The, the religious I'm talking about. So we need to always remember why this letter was written, not just to the church in Galatia, but to us today. It is the Word of God, and it is a rebuke in love. It is a call back to the right path, which is faith in the cross alone. For there, God will save you, sanctify you, bring all the provision into your life that you need. But again, faith in the cross is not just a verbal confession. I believe in the cross. Faith in the cross is where I humble myself. And I, by faith, realize that Christ died for me. I died with him will puff you up and you'll float away. I'll look up one day and you'll no longer be running this race with me. But if it's in the heart, the heart, listen, when this revelation gets in the heart, it humbles the heart. And there man receives grace and keeps running this race. Amen. Amen. So this is why the letter was written, and we need to get back to its purpose, its context, because the church from that day till this day has been a pull. There's a pull there to follow Uncle Joe or that preacher who paid your light bill, even though they're preaching false doctrine. If they stand in the pulpit, Listen, I, I got on YouTube last night trying to find my Romans teaching, and I didn't type in my YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. I just put Romans teaching in. Man, I never found my Romans teaching. Man, there's thousands and thousands of people out there every day. You can go home in the comfort of your own home and teach anything you want to teach. And you would be amazed at what people are out there teaching. And, and I, I'm blown away because, let me tell you something, if you're not looking for the truth, you can get on YouTube and find something that appeases your fleshly desires. But I got news for we got the Bible right here. 
And we need to stick with the Bible in its truthful and righteous context. So, here we are in verse 18, and Paul is talking to these Galatians who are being drawn away, I believe daily, being pulled out of the faith, back under law. And he says, uh, verse 18, Because if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. Why is he saying this? Because the Judaizers are saying, Look, okay, God gave the promise to Abraham, but 400 and something years later, God gave the law. So that pushed the promise out to Abraham. He might have got the promise, but now it's through the law. And Paul goes on to say, if it's, by, if it's to Abraham by promise and not of the law, why are you trying to serve the law? The law was added, look at verse 19, the law was added because of transgressions. That's why God gave the law, the Ten Commandments to humanity, because we're sinners. 1 Corinthians 15, 56 says it's the law that strengthens sin. That's the sin nature. When we think we're pleasing God and, and we're being saved by water baptism or we're being sanctified by all the works that we do, the purpose-driven, the government of 12, the Word, anything other than faith in the cross, you're under law. You're under law. And, and under law is condemnation and death. And it was added to strengthen sin. To show you the holiness of God, it was added also, the Bible here says... To sh because of our transgressions, to show us that we need a Savior. Because the law ain't never saved nobody. Because you can't keep it. If you could keep the law, you could be saved by the law. But guess what? Not one human being has ever kept the law. You might say, well, I ain't never killed nobody. Have you ever hated anybody? Jesus comes along and said, you've murdered if you've hated We've all broken the law. None are not guilty. We're all guilty before God. The Bible teaches that. Listen, you've lied, you've cheated, you've lusted, you've murdered. In reality, every human being has committed a guilty act of all the law. And, and let, me, let me add this today. You don't become a sinner when you start sinning in life. You start sinning because you're born a sinner. That's who you are when you got here. That's what the Bible teaches. Amen. So Paul says, Why are you serving the law then? It was added because of transgressions till the seed, who is Christ, should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. We talked about that last week. Think about this. The law was given by God through angels, through Moses, to the people. There was actually two mediators. Angels were there involved, and Moses was there involved. Watch this. He says, now a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. And I don't know if you've ever read this. I'm sure you have. But in the book of Genesis, we read where God put Abraham to sleep. Kind of reminds me of what he did with Adam, amen, when he gave him a, a bride, when he pulled forth out of his side his bride, which speaks of Christ and what he would do at Calvary. He was pierced. And out came the blood. Guess what else came because of the cross? A bride for Christ. Well, God put Abram to sleep. You can read this story in Genesis. And when he put him to sleep, he gave him this vision of this covenant being cut. It wasn't between God and a, and a man. It was between God and God. It, God cut the covenant. 
God the Father, God the Son, when Jesus was hanging on the cross, he is the new covenant that God cut with humanity, and Jesus is God. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. Praise God. So he says here, now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. God mediated this thing. Why did God have to do it by himself? Because we would corrupt it. We would mess it up. You can't use anything sinful to deliver sinful humanity. It had to be a perfect Lamb of God. Amen. So, uh, and, if you, and if you think about it, it, way back even in the Garden of Eden when God rushed in and gave them the verbal promise, then God turned right around showing them that He would do it. God's the one that killed the animals. God's the one that took the skins of the animals and clothed Adam and Eve. That was all type and shadow form of what would happen when we believe in Christ. Our faith in Christ, his death for us, that God did. Amen. Devil didn't kill Jesus. Jesus laid his own life down. Because he was under commandment to come and to lay his life down for us. And when he did, our faith in him, we get robed, cloaked now in the righteousness of God. Amen. So Paul then here says in, in verse uh, 21, is the law then against the promises of God? God forbid. For if there had been a law given which could have given life, verily righteousness should have been by the law. Now there's something we need to notice in this verse. A couple of things mentioned that you cannot separate. And that is righteousness and life. They are together as one. You cannot separate them. When God declared you alive from the dead through declaring you dead in Christ on the cross, when he declared you dead to sin and now alive in Christ, it's because he gave you the righteousness of Christ through your faith in what he did at Calvary. Romans 8.10 says this, And if Christ be in you, the body is dead, because of sin, but the Spirit, your Spirit, is life because of righteousness. That's the righteousness of Christ. His work got you righteousness, not your work. Our work, the Bible says, all our good works, all our righteousness is as a stinking, filthy rag to God. That means on our best day, all our good stuff that we do without the Spirit working through us, it's filthy rags to God. And the Bible speaks there of the female, the minstrel or whatever it's called, the nasty, bloody, it's dirty, it's unclean, it's as filthy rags to me. Amen. Only the righteousness of Christ is God offering to humanity. It's only through the righteousness of Christ that we have life. What the Bible says, Romans 8.10. And if Christ be in you, and he is if you're a believer in Christ and what he did on the cross for your sin issue, not to get you a spouse or more money. If you Listen, folks who don't come to Christ for forgiveness of sins have come to the wrong Jesus. The Lord will bless you with the things that you need in life. But the way that you come to Him is through faith in what He did about your sin issue. 
And that's what's wrong with the church today. Oh, just come to our church if you have any needs, and the Lord will just give you that which you need. And, you know, he's saying, no, we need to get people to repent from their sins and accept Christ as Lord and Savior so that they can follow him. Because if you come to Christ to get something other than forgiveness of sins, and I'm speaking of initially, then you, you're not going to follow Christ. Because, because you're not going to get what you're coming for until you repent from your sins and follow Christ. And that only happens through faith in the cross. So, if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit, your Spirit, is life because of righteousness. We live because we've been granted the righteousness of Christ. So, watch this in verse 21. Is the law then against the promises of God? Paul says, God forbid. No, the law is not against the promises of God. Because if there had been a law given which could have given life, he's telling you there the law can't give you life. And again, it's not just the Ten Commandments, but if we try to lay hold on some program or some scheme like the purpose driven or the government of 12 or this or that, the words, anything other than laying hold on the gospel of Jesus Christ, there is no avenue for us to experience the righteousness of Christ. When Paul told Timothy, lay, fight the good fight of faith to lay hold on eternal life, he's just trying to keep him focused on the object of faith. Because the object of faith is Christ and Him crucified. For that is the avenue by which you've been made alive because you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and you've been made a servant under righteousness. And if you continue in that path, you will continue to lay hold on eternal life. It's one thing to have life. It's another thing to experience life. It's one thing to be declared by God to be the righteousness of God in Christ and a servant to righteousness. It's another thing to serve righteousness and experience the benefits of Christ. How, why do I know that? Because if it weren't so, the letter we're reading would not have been needed. This is a letter to a Galatian church and to us to direct us back to the place where we can lay hold on eternal life, where we can experience the benefits of righteousness, praise God. So Paul is here saying, listen, the law did not wipe out the promise. The law was given to increase your knowledge of sin and how sinful you are so that you would reach for that promised seed of the woman, that Savior, through which righteousness comes. It cannot come through the law because the law cannot give life. The law is a ministry of condemnation and death. Amen. You see, and listen, what, what really gets me today is that no matter how much the Lord gives you of this truth and how well you can orate it to others, there's always going to be people that just won't come with you. They're just not going to come with you. Paul traveled around and preached this gospel that God gave him to give to us Gentiles. And listen, people followed him around to try to tear it down. They're doing it right now in the town we live in, wherever you live. If this is what your faith is in, which is the only move of God there has ever been, I don't care what anybody says that this is now the message. No, this has always been the message. 
All God's words are in righteousness. Proverbs 8 and 8. Don't let that go. That will bring much clarity to your ministry, to where you actually are right now. Listen, all the words God has ever spoken is through the revelation of the cross. Because the righteousness of God, which God says, all my words are in that place, in righteousness. And the righteousness of God is revealed in the gospel, Romans 1, 16 and 17. That is powerful, my friend. And if you're just wanting to run with your money thing, or your, 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 and that's law, or your words you speak, that's law, or this program or that program, well, God's using that program in our church. No, He's not using that program. He's pleased only with preaching, and that being the preaching of the cross. Hallelujah. That, because that's the only thing that brings the faith in which He can be pleased. In all reality, it is the preaching of faith. The preaching of faith is the preaching of the message of the cross. So, those who are under law cannot experience life. Think about that. So, the letter to the Galatians is to get a people who are being pulled out. They're being pulled out, just like the church today. They're being pulled out of faith to go back under law because they say, yes, the cross, but to confirm and to verify and to confirm that your salvation is, is really real, then you've got to do this, you've got to do that. Or if you, or if you want to have the power of God, if you want to find the deliverance of, of God in your life over the smoking or the drinking or the cussing or the pornography or just whatever out of the million things you could be trapped in today, which is sin, you're going to have to do this, this, and this. That's somebody putting you under the law. There is no life under the law, and the law is you doing something. Amen. There's no life under the law. The law cannot produce righteousness, and righteousness is why your spirit is alive. That's the righteousness of Christ doing, His work. Righteousness is not granted to us based on what we do. And even now that we're saved, we're born again, we're believers in Christ, but preachers stand in pulpits all over the world, fill up the television channels with what you have to do now to walk in your righteous status. You must do this, you must do that. And there are disciplines in the Word of God for us to study our Bible, fast and pray, be in the assembling of yourselves together, uh, uh, bring all the tithes and offerings into the house of God. These are things we do because we're walking in victory, not to get victory. Christ did the only thing that will give us victory. And if you're trying to get victory by your doing, trying to please God by your doing, then you're never going to do it. Because faith doesn't come by doing, faith comes by hearing. See how simple this is. So those under law cannot experience life, although uh, they, they're being told they can. Even though, listen, let me say this again. Even though you've been born again, you can sit in Bible studies like this and hear the reality of the truth. But if you've got somebody out there you're listening to that's telling you, yeah, yeah, okay, I, I hear what you're telling me, but... You also, man, if, if you'll do these three things, you're going to find a greater move of God in your life. My friend, you've been lied to. You've been lied to. Because the move of God comes through your faith in what Christ did for you at Calvary. Men don't like, you know why men don't like this? You know why men struggle with this? Because men think they have to do something. 
And again, there are many works to walk in, but they're all in Christ. And I said this last week, it's worth saying again. If the Bible says in Ephesians 2.10 that we're God's workmanship, let's turn over there and read that, why don't we? Ephesians 2.10, this is good, something that needs to be said. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus, unto good works which God has before ordained that we should walk in them. Where are these good works located? In Christ. Okay, so let's show the simplicity of this. If I have to do something before I'm in Christ to be saved, to get in Christ, then that verse is no good. Because all the works are in Christ. I must already be in Christ to do any of the good works. That tells me that all the things I do over here before I'm in Christ cannot put me in Christ. Because all the works are in Him. I'm not in Him till my faith is in what He did at Calvary. Romans 6.3 says, Don't you know that all who've been baptized into Christ have been baptized into His death? That's what God did for you when you said, I believe in Jesus and what he did for my sins. God took you by the Spirit of God and baptized you, immersed you into the death of Jesus Christ. 2,000 years ago, this needs to be a reality in your life. Jesus Christ was there on that cross dying for you, representing you to such a degree that when God the Father saw his Son dying for you, he saw you dying there with him. How do I know that? Because you and I are born into this world as sinners because we were in Adam. The way out of Adam is through faith in Christ. And in Christ means in my faith in what he did, death for me. And when God saw my faith in Christ... Dying for me, I want to be saved from my sins. I want to be forgiven. I want to be free from sin. And so I'm believing in the Son of God that came to die for my sins. And when God saw my faith in that, He took me where my faith was. And He put me there. Mm. He placed me in Christ, in the death of Christ, so that when Christ would go and be buried, first of all, let me back up, so I could die with him. Paul said it in Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. I'm no longer in Adam. Now I'm in Christ. I was, I was crucified with him. I was buried with him. And when Christ came out of the grave, guess who came out with him? We were in Him. But it all began at the cross. And in all reality, if you look back to Ephesians again, chapter 1, <clears throat> verse 4, in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love. How did God... See, because God had already finished from the very beginning. God don't ever start anything He hadn't already finished. When God started, it was finished. Because He knows everything and He is everywhere. So before the world was created, before we were even on the earth, God already had a plan that He laid out and it was finished. God saw that He would send His Son. God saw that His Son would come. He saw that His Son would be obedient as the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world. He also saw you. 
He saw your faith. See, God sees everything right now. God sees the future. And God saw that in whenever it was that you would believe, God saw this from way back. God has always seen this. But before the foundation, the Bible says God chose you, but he chose you in a place. He chose you because of your faith was in Christ. See, God looked out through the span of all humanity. And he saw all who would believe. And he chose those in him. He didn't just say, you'll go to hell and you'll go to heaven. And no, That's taught out there today too, and it's unbiblical. God, the Bible says, chose us in him. From the foundation of the world. But then God had to lay it out. Christ had to literally come and die. You had to literally be born and accept his death. It has to unfold even though it's been started and finished by God. That's, that's everything with God. Our God is, is the only God who's ever existed. And God knows everything right now that it has ever been, ever will be. God has no beginning and no end. And this is over our head. But you've got to think about this. God... He knows everything. He can't have a new thought today. If he has a new thought today, that means yesterday there was something he just didn't really know. Think about that. And the Bible says that he's mindful of his people. You're on the mind of the Lord. So if you're on the Lord's mind and he can't have a new thought, how long have you been on his mind? Now you need to let that go or it'll hurt you. But you've got to believe that by faith because that's Bible. Amen. So, back to Galatians. Y'all holding me up this morning. Amen. But I want us not to move too fast through verse 21. It's very important that you understand righteousness and life are linked together. It's the righteousness of the one who claimed to be life, Jesus Christ, through our faith in what he did to offer us life, that gets us his righteous status. That gets us his eternal life. You don't get life because you start going to church and doing good, feeling good about yourself now because you're in church. Oh, you can feel good about yourself, but you'll never find deliverance from sin because you went to church. I hear it from people all the time. Well, our lives are a mess. We just need to get back in church. Well, that'll be good if you get in the church preaching the message that can deliver you. But going to church ain't going to get you nothing, my friend. There's no power in going to church. Because why? That's what you're doing. It's good to go to church. It's biblical to fast and pray and to do those things we mentioned earlier. But that is what you're doing. If your faith is in the cross, those things, you're being led by the Spirit to walk in those things. But if your faith is not in the cross, you're still under law, and you're just doing those things from a lawful viewpoint. That's why people say, I'm in trouble, i got to get back to church, or I, because that's a law to them going to church. If I'll get back in church, God will. See, it can become a law. If I'll just read my Bible, God will get me out of this. No, He won't. If you'll come back to Calvary, God will get you out of that. Hallelujah. Not going to church, not reading your Bible, not praying, not anything you do. Coming back to Calvary so the Holy Spirit can begin to impart that life you've been missing. Amen, Brother Curtis. This is just good stuff this morning. Hallelujah. I don't see how people can hear things like this and still go home and watch the garbage on TV. 
I don't see how they can uh, visit our church on a Sunday morning and, and then go back to wherever it is they come from. Well, I know how they do it because their value is in relatives, it's in family, it's in preachers, it's in everything but a proper value and a desire to hear the Word of God in truth. God's not going to honor anything but the truth. We need to understand that. God's not going to honor anything but the truth. And All God's works are done in truth. And truth is Jesus and what He did at Calvary. Outside of that, my friends, it's just us. Oh, and the Bible says we can have such a great form of godliness, but yet be denying the power. And God in the Word says the preaching of the cross is the power of God. Hallelujah. And what does the Bible tell us to do? To those who have a form but deny the power, turn away. Come out from among them because all they're holding is something unclean. Oh, it's clean and right in their own eyes, but the Bible says there's a way that seems right to man, but the end thereof is death, and that means separation. All right, Galatians 22, But the Scripture has concluded all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. See, Paul is still, he's riding this. He's not getting off of this. He's not giving up. He's not milking it down. You ain't getting this promise unless you just simply believe. You can't work for it. If, even if you're using Scripture to try to make it look like you're not working for it, if your faith is not in the cross, you're working for it. There's only one work that gets you in, keeps you in, and guides you while you are in till you get to the end of this race, and that's the work Christ did. That's why all the works, Ephesians 2.10, are in Christ. That means they're through His work. Our faith in His work allows the Holy Spirit to do those works in and through us. Amen. See, this is simple. And I know people hear this, and especially the most spirit-filled people, which we are, Pentecostal people, believe in the baptism with the Holy Spirit, with the evidence of speaking in other tongues. Why do we believe that? Because it's in the Bible. And it's for the New Testament church. Hallelujah. But most people say, okay, I, because I did this, so I know what I'm talking about. We start hearing messages like this, and we say, oh, that's just a Baptist thing. That's where I started years ago. I don't need that. I'm so much further than that. But we need to remember... Paul wrote to the church in Rome who was already saved, already spirit-filled, and said, I can't wait to get there to you so I can what? We don't need the gospel anymore. You already got that. No, he said, I can't wait to get there to preach the gospel. See, it's the gospel we need. It's the gospel the lost needs. It's the gospel that, that the saved need because outside of that, righteousness is not revealed. It's not experienced. Only through the gospel. It's not just the Word of God. Somebody messaged me the other day and told me that, you know, basically that it's all about studying the Word and, and, and having prayer and, 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 and faith and all this stuff. And I said, the focus is the cross. Thank God for studying the Word. But, but you know what? If we're being taught by the Holy Spirit, He's going to be revealing to us Christ and the avenue of righteousness by which we can walk in, be led of Him in, and bear forth its fruits. So, the Scripture here, and I'm going to give you a couple of Scriptures if you're taking notes. Deuteronomy 27, 26 says this, 
Cursed be he that confirms not all the words of this law to do them. And all the people shall say, Amen. What, what was written there is, Cursed is everyone that don't do the whole law. Oh, you had a good day today. You didn't hate anybody. You didn't lust after somebody. Oh, but you did that other thing. <laughs> and, oh, you had a great, such a great day today. You were in the Spirit all day and all week, and you just walked with the Lord. Oh, but today came along. You see, we're still in a flesh body that has fleshly lusts. And, and listen, the Bible says God ain't going to tempt you to do evil. But it's when our fleshly lust, we're carried away, our, you can't blame nobody else. They may be doing this, but you ain't got to go. It's you that go. It's through our fleshly lust we're led away. So sin is just all around us. It's, it, we're in the midst of a sinful world. You know, we, we still have the residues of it in our old stinking fleshly body that lusts after wrong things, the pride of life, the pride of the eyes, the lust of the flesh. It's you, you're going to have to fight the good fight of faith every day, literally bringing every thought captive into the obedience of Christ, or, or we are going to be carried away back under the law of doing. Because that's, you can't separate law in doing, because law is you doing, grace is Christ has already done. Amen. So, I'm giving you the two scriptures because of what Galatians 3 and 22 says. The scripture has concluded all, that means judged, all under sin, that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Not just believe something, and I got to keep harping on this because we were there years ago when the Purpose Driven Life and Purpose Driven Church books came out. We bought them. I got my highlighters and I went to highlighting. And we on Monday nights, we went out knocking doors trying to do what those books told us to do to build our church. Stupid. <laughs> and let me say this. You might say your faith is in the cross, but you're just using that as a program. You don't need to use that as a program if your faith is in the cross. That's the power of God you say you're trusting. That's all you need. So when you try to add some avenue, that's where you step in because God won't use that. If any program you're using is not pointing people to the cross, it's a program of law. It's law. Amen. To go around and knock on people's doors and ask, are you in church? And they say no. And, and you have to ask them, well, what could we change about our church to get you in the church? Is that God? That's not God. Is this. You preach the cross, I'll draw them by my spirit. If they don't come, then they ain't coming. And all these churches today are being built on fleshly lust. That's why the music is like it is in most churches. That's why the lights are flashing in most churches. To bring a worldly touch in so they can come in in their flesh. The whole church is operating in the flesh. They won't preach the cross because the cross ain't what got them in. And they lie. They say we get them in in these other means so they can, we can preach the cross. But they're not preaching the cross when they come in. To keep the people, you have to keep doing what it took to get them in. Amen. 
John the Baptist didn't start preaching something weird and wearing different clothes. He preached the truth. Got his head cut off for it. Jesus was the truth, was crucified. Amen. And Jesus said this to you and me. If you follow me, if you trust in me, if you love me, they're going to hate you just like they hated me. Let me tell you something pretty blunt and powerful this morning. If, if everybody in town just likes you, you, got big, you have big issues. You don't know where you stand, but the Lord does. If people that know you don't know where you stand spiritually, and there's no friction with people, you and other people, because of your faith in the cross, you need to re-examine yourself today and make sure your faith is, in fact, in the cross. Because here's what happens if you're following Christ. I didn't say going to church. The devil don't care you're, you're in church. He'll put you in a church. Because most of them are not preaching the truth that crushed his head anyway. They're preaching the law. Think about that. Instead of listening to the book of Galatians, the Holy Spirit gave to Paul to give to us, we'll push that aside or think that must be talking about somebody but me. No, it's talking to me. Caught me off track years ago. Caught me walking in law, boasting in the law, all that we were doing while we were being defeated every day and walking in nothing but a place of loss and defeat and condemnation. And then, and, and then when the message of the cross began to come into my life, I turned it off and said, I don't need that. I'm past that. I'm beyond that. And after that is when we lost our house, our vehicles, and our land. Let me tell you something. If you reject this message after being set in front of it to hear it, Worse things are coming to you, and it ain't God coming to get you. It's God really offering you the opportunity to step into a place where the victory is in Christ and righteousness and peace and joy and the Holy Ghost and, and victory over sin and all the provision you'll ever need. You can watch God giving it to you, but when it's offered to you, the only way God works and you reject it, it'll and you reject it, it ain't God coming to get you. It's the enemy coming in to get you. Because he sees that if you're rejecting the avenue by which life comes, he's going to choke you to death. You ain't got no control over it. Men really need to hear that. The only thing you and I really have control over in this life is what we put our faith in. You put your faith in the cross of Christ, what he did there for you because he loved you to take your sins away so you could be freely forgiven and walk with him forever in relationship and fellowship, then the Holy Spirit's going to lead you and give you all that you need. But if you reject the message of the cross, you're going to be led by the devil and your old stinking flesh. And you're just going to keep going down, 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 crying out to God, why, 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 why? And here it is in the Word of God. God, come back to the truth. Come back to, I don't care what your grandma taught you. I know she loves you, but she's not telling you right. People can love you and be wrong. God loves you and he can't be wrong. And we have his word. And it's not just our interpretation. <laughs> People tell me that, that's just how you see it. But you know what they can't do? They can't ever bring me scripture. 
It's just their old stinking flesh that don't want to subject themselves to God through way of the cross, so therefore they can't know God. They can't have a relationship with God. And Christians who have truly been born again, that's what made them a Christian, if they turn away from this faith, they're out of fellowship. I don't care if they're crying with their hands lifted, singing songs and old hymns and whatever, but if their faith is not in the cross, they can't worship God in spirit and in truth. Hallelujah. It's just the Bible. Okay, so that was Deuteronomy 27, 26, showing you in the Bible where all Scripture has concluded, uh, or Scripture has concluded that all are under sin, so that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might come to them that believe. The second one is Psalms 143, verses 1 and 2, where David's crying out, Hear my prayer, O Lord, give ear to my supplications. In your faithfulness answer me, and in your righteousness. Mm, Do you see that? God, I'm crying out, Lord, and I'm, I'm looking for your faithfulness. I ain't trying to show you mine. I'm after your faithfulness. I'm after your righteousness because I don't have any without you. Hallelujah. And then he says this in verse 2, this Psalms 143, And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in your sight shall no man living be justified. See, David had a revelation that any faithfulness he might have, it comes from the faithfulness of God. When we talk about, oh, Sister Robin, she's so faithful. If she really is living a faithful life, it's because she's dependent on the faithfulness of God. That is not does not come because we say that. Oh, we can sound so spiritual and holy. Well, I'm just dependent on God's faithfulness. If your faith is not in the cross, you have no grasp on God's faithfulness. You know you can't even be thankful to God except through the cross. Hope people know that. People aren't thankful because they say, Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. If your faith is in the cross, you're thankful to God. Paul said that in the first chapter of Romans. I thank God through Jesus Christ. Know this today, that everything God is going to give you is going to come through faith in the cross. And everything you're going to give God, prayer, thanksgiving, worship, finances, anything at all that you offer to God must go to Him through faith in the blood or it is not a true offering that He will accept. Amen. It's it's the door. Christ is the door, but the cross is what opened that door and allowed God to come through that sacrifice and reconcile us, make us children of God, love us, make us all that we are, give us all that we have, and the return of the fruit, the increase of that, must go through faith in that back to heaven. Amen. If not, it's just us working, it's just us trying to put on a good show, and boy, we can do it. We can cry tears and carry a big Bible big as a suitcase. Boy, we can have it. Look like we got it going on. But God sees. You can deceive each other, but you can't deceive God. At the great white throne judgment, there's going to be men and women and children standing before God that say, didn't we cast out devils in your name? Man, Lord, we, we, my, my great-granddaddy, my granddaddy, and, and my daddy, and all through the years of our lineage, we cast out devils in your name. We did many wonderful works in your name. We did this. We prophesied in your name. And Jesus is going to say, I ain't got a clue who you are. But I'll tell you who you are. You're workers of iniquity. Because that was just all about you. 
The Lord will never tell anybody that that had faith in the cross and the Holy Spirit was doing all casting out devils. Amen. See, there's a lot of pretending and make-believe going on in the church today. It's not a good work unless it's the Holy Spirit working through our faith in the cross. Amen. There's not anything going on that's giving God glory that doesn't happen in a Christian's life through faith in Christ and what he did at Calvary. God can't be glorified because we show up at church and say, Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, the, I give you glory. I give you glory. You ain't giving God glory unless your faith is in the cross. There is nothing that you and I can give to God. Let me say it again. And I know we hear these things, but we have a whole world out there. They think it's just in their actions. They can cry, and because they cry, they think God's involved. See, we're deceived. We've been deceived by the devil too long because we cry. Listen, I can make you cry in here this morning if I want to. I used to do it all the time as a manipulating pastor until God got me out of all that and brought me back to the place where, Curtis, you just preach my gospel. If there will be a move, I'll do the moving. You just do the preaching. You let me move you to preach my gospel, and then I'll do the rest. You don't try to move the people. That's exploitation. That's manipulation. And it happens in almost every church. They'll get up and they'll tell a joke to begin the service to get the people in a place. Or, or they, at the end of the service, they'll start talking about sad things to move your emotions so it can appear they've had a move of God if there is a move of God it will be because the spirit was moving and he only works in truth amen that's huge in the Philippines right now pastors just all they want to do is have pastors on, I, them four right there are under me brother they're under me glory to God <laughs> and, and when we go and we preach that uh, that, that you don't need to exalt your preacher, you just need to exalt Jesus and keep your faith in the cross and, and preachers don't have a right to control the people. We just should be preaching the message that gives the Holy Spirit the legal right to take control of, of a child of God's life. They didn't like that. They don't like that. But see, I'm not here to control you. I'm here to get, offer to you the gospel. By the Spirit of God this morning, I'm teaching the Word of God. By the Spirit, I'm teaching. I'm not pointing to me. I'm not pointing to our church. I'm not pointing to you. I'm pointing to Christ. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He opens the Bible, and He says, I'm going to show you Jesus. He's the only way. He's your victory. He's your life. He's your righteousness. And I'm, that's, that the Holy Spirit will tell you that He's the only thing, the only one I'm going to talk about. Everybody else that's talking about every other thing is not the Holy Spirit. I, listen, I heard a preacher last night on, 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 on TV. I won't even tell you what channel it is. Some of you get mad at me. But he was talking. He was, just ta he was preaching a message I, I'd have preached 15, 16, 17 years ago. He wasn't pointing people to the cross. Wasted sermon. Just a bunch of psychology using the Old Testament psychology to try to stir the people of God up. Listen, if we're not pointing people to the cross, we're not going to stir the people. They can't be stirred up in the spirit. They can be stirred up in the flesh. Amen. Y'all trying to push me in the wrong direction this morning. All right. Mm. Watch this, verse 23. we got to at least finish this. Reach this point today. Galatians 2, 3 and 23. But before faith came, we were kept under the law. Where were you kept? Under the law. Shut up! 
unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Think about that. Until faith came, that means the faith of Jesus Christ who loved us and gave himself for us, Galatians 2.20. Before that came, everybody was shut up under the law. Under the law. And the law is nothing but a ministry of condemnation and death. That's why even those who had faith in the coming Redeemer in the Old Covenant, it couldn't get them to heaven when they died. They could only go to a place called paradise. Abraham's bosom. Because Christ hadn't come yet. Everything was still a type and a shadow. Everything. Everybody okay with that? That's what the Bible says. So when they died, even though they had their faith in a coming Redeemer, he had not yet come, their faith was in him, and they showed that by killing animals and sacrificial blood being spread on the altar, which confirmed that is what my faith is in, the coming Redeemer, through an innocent sacrifice. But when they died, they couldn't go to heaven. They had to go to paradise. When Jesus went to the grave, he went into paradise, Ephesians 4, correction. But this is powerful to us because it says before faith came, talking about Christ coming, we were kept under the law. Shut up unto the faith which should afterwards be revealed. Man, that's, that's powerful. So let's go ahead and read the next verse, and then next week we'll jump into all this and, and try to bring it to a little more clarity. Wherefore, the law was our schoolmaster. That means tutor teacher to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith don't leave the context of the letter you got he's having to write this letter to people who are being begged and pleaded with you've got to come back to the law of Moses you've got to be circumcised and Paul is letting the Galatian Christians know listen what they're talking about is all under the law it's all death it's all condemnation. There is no faith that can give you this status of righteousness out under the law. You can't be righteous under... You can have a righteous standing with God. Abraham was considered righteous, was he not? Declared to be because he believed, not worked. And that's clear. And Paul has told them this. As you turn your page back, uh, he, he's talking to this earlier on in chapter 3. And in verse 6, he says, Even as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. He's trying to get these Galatians to see, Please do not think it's by what you have to go do under any law of doing. It is by your simple faith in Christ. That and that alone. That and that alone, your faith, even as Abraham believed God, believed God, and it was accounted unto him for righteousness. And he's having to tell these Christians that because these Christians are being lied to, just like we are every day all over television in almost every 99.9% .9 of all churches, even though they have a, some preachers are really nice people, they have a biblical knowledge of the Word of God, they are not pointing you to the cross. And if they're not pointing you to the cross, they're pointing you to law. That's the only two things that exist, grace and law. Amen. I really love the series that we're teaching and preaching here at Crossway Church right now, The High Call of Servanthood, that really brings out some really important things 
basically that I've never heard taught before that the Lord has given us and I'm so thankful to be walking in this truth revealing to us what it means to be an enabled new uh, minister of the New Testament in in 2 Corinthians 3 verses 6 through 9 it reveals that there are two things that legitimize the New Testament ministry first of all it's of the spirit and it's of righteousness Outside of that, that means it points to Christ and what Christ did at Calvary. For there's the only avenue by which you're declared righteous and you have an opportunity if your faith remains there. whole purpose of this letter, to keep the Galatian church there because if you move, you cannot bear forth the fruits of righteousness under the law. Righteousness is equated with life. And there is no life under the law. Christ came to redeem us from under the law, to give us life, to give us righteousness. You cannot separate those things. We have life. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But to experience this life daily and to the fruits of righteousness daily, we, it must be of the Spirit and of righteousness. That means the Word of God in its proper context. Think about that. I hope you would avail yourself to those teachings and the preaching uh, sermons there at Curtis Hutchinson 316 on YouTube. Uh, It's been good to me today. I think we've got about probably no time, but until faith comes, that means faith in the cross, we're under law. If we slip If we don't hold it, the Bible says hold fast, cling to that, unless they slip away. It can slip away. What you have can slip away. The Bible says if you don't contend for the faith, it will slip away. And the way it slips away, faith doesn't just leave. We begin to operate under law. And you can't be doing both. I mean, you can go in and out, and we do that. Can I get a witness? You can go back under law, but if you, every time you do it, the Holy Spirit says, hey, that ain't about what Jesus did. That's, that's you again, Curtis. You need to come back to simple faith in Christ and what he accomplished at Calvary. I'm telling you, folks, and you already know this, those that go to Crossway Church and those of you who are in places that preach this message. When your faith was placed back in the cross and you begin to let all that other stuff go, just like the Apostle Paul did, I count all that dung. I'm letting all that go. I don't care if mama gets mad, husband, wife gets mad. Really, I really would hate for them to cut me out of their lives, but i got to have the truth more than I have to have them. Many have lost spouses. Many have lost family members. And it is required if it comes to that. For Jesus in his way to be more important to you than any of those things. Jesus even declares that if you put any of that before him, you cannot be his disciple. That means you can no longer learn of him. Mm, That's pretty serious, isn't it? That's why there's a church here in Queen City, Texas to preach the righteousness of God. That's why the message of the cross has come back on the scene in the church. That's why we're in our second reformation in the world today, in the church rather. It's so that the righteousness of God can be revealed through the truth. Amen. Well, I hope you've been blessed today. I hope you've been blessed enough to tune in or show up again next week, and we'll be right here. Uh, God bless you. We love you. And until next week, stay determined to know nothing else but Christ and Him crucified.